This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Glenn Tomrin and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Happy Fourth of July weekend. Hallelujah. Did you guys celebrate good? Hallelujah. My neighborhood was uh, filled with debris this morning. So it was, uh, it was like uh, a war zone. But we, <laughs> we celebrated. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you live in a free country? Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that you can worship the Lord? Hallelujah. Anywhere you want to? Hallelujah. I'm just, I'm just so thankful to be able to live in this nation. Hallelujah. You, we don't, you don't have the freedom that you have here in a lot of other places. Do you know that? I've said this before, but I like to say it again. You know, when you, when you come into the, to the U.S., you know, I grew up in Norway. I don't know if all of you know that, but I grew up there. And, 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 and when I came here, you know, you can sense this, the freedom in the atmosphere. It's, it's, you might say, well, I'll just live here. And I was like, well, you know what? Uh, I see a lot of stuff going on. Well, I can tell you one thing. The core of this nation is sound. The core of this nation is sound. And, and the devil's a liar. He is noisy, but he's a liar. Hallelujah. And so, so, so America is, is, is one nation under God. Hallelujah. It is God's country. It is God's nation. Hallelujah. And it will, and it will stay that way. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. When you say that you are one nation under God and you even have it on your bills, hallelujah, that says something. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm so excited to be here with you. It is always an honor and a privilege to be in this pulpit, Pastor Mike. And, uh, and uh, uh, wow, we have a wonderful church. Lots of wonderful people. And um, as I was preparing, you know, this week to, to what I was going to share, actually, that was... Last night, actually yesterday, I was preparing, and I was just like, Lord, what do you want me to share? And I, you know, I had this good message going, you know, and some, but something wasn't just, it didn't just settle right. You know, and so, so I was just, Amy said, why don't you go for a run? Clear your head. How many of you know it's good to listen to your wife? <laughs> and so, so I went for a run, and during the run, I was redirected, praise the Lord. And I'm going to talk about the same thing as I did on Wednesday night. I don't know how many of you, you were able to, to catch that on, on, our, on our broadcast, but I'm going to talk about you finding your place in the plan of God. And, you know, why, why, why does the Lord want me to, to preach on the same thing twice? Well, I think he's very, very, he, he, he loves you, he's concerned about you, and he wants you to find your place. It's not just that he wants you to find your place, but he needs you in your place. Hallelujah. You need to, to be in your place for you, but other people also need you to be in your place for them. Did you know that? You know, the body of, of Christ is, is, is just that a body that is supposed to work together. And how many of you know? Uh, I don't know. I have all my ten fingers, but say you were missing a couple or three. Actually, I'm on, on the board of a, of a ministry that goes out. And, and does uh, uh, relief work when there's like hurricanes and stuff like that. And the, the founder of that, Scott Simons, he, 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 he had an accident. He was uh, cutting some boards on a, on, a, on, a, on a machine and he cut off uh, 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 three fingers on one hand. Well, guess what? Uh, that hand didn't function right. And still, he's had to learn to, to work with it. You know, so, and, and you know what? The body of Christ can, you know, you can learn to work without some things, but it's a lot better if every part is in place, isn't it? It's, it's a lot, it functions much better. You don't have to, 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 it's just easier. Hallelujah. When everybody's in their place. It's a lot easier for, for, the, for, the, for the cause of Christ to go forth, and it's going to be a lot easier for you to do life. Because guess what? Your supply is where you're supposed to be. And if you're outside of where you're supposed to be, guess what? There's going to be some lack and there's going to be some difficulty that you were never designed for. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen? You know, and I like the, the, the illustration that uh, I heard this. Uh, this was a missionary that came into to, to Rema Baba Church once, and she was talking about this very thing. And she used to work as an x-ray technician. You know, and so, and so I told this on Wednesday night, if you, if you, if you heard, heard, heard the message, well, you're going to hear it again. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And so, so this man came in, and he had his, his hand, you know, in a, in a, he's just bundled up some stuff on the outside. There's blood everywhere, so she just wanted well, to just put this whole thing underneath the x-ray machine. Well, she, they x-rayed it, and they found out that, well, he's got one, two, three, four, four fingers. And so one was missing. And so she said, where, where, where's the finger? You know, because a lot of times you want the finger, put it back in place. You know, and she says, well, it's, it's, I have it in my other hand. 
<laughs> well, guess what? That finger was lacking its supply, wasn't it? That finger wasn't going to do any good. It was lacking the nourishment and the strength it was supposed to receive right here. Well, guess what? That's the same with any body part in the body of Christ. If you are not in your place, there's going to be a supply that you are lacking. And you don't want to be there. You want to be there. <laughs> you want to be in your place. And so I, I, I'm, I'm going to share, you know, probably a lot of scriptures with you today because I want to, you know, prove that, you know, this is just not just my idea. Isn't that a good thing? You know, don't just believe it just because, you know, the preacher says so. No, we need to have some scripture. Hallelujah. And so I'm going to start in Acts chapter 9. And, you know, Paul, anybody, you know, Paul the Apostle? Ever read about, you know, something from him? If you've opened the New Testament, you probably have. Hallelujah. And in Acts chapter 9, this is a story of his conversion. You know, this is how he was converted. And I'm going to start in verse 1, Acts 9, verse 1. And this is, Then Saul, still reading threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. And then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And, you know, why are you persecuting me? You know, Paul, he's now he's just like he's dumbfounded. You know, he was persecuting the church, and here he is. There was a, a, a light that shone around him, and a vo voice spoke. You know, he hit the ground. How many of you know when Jesus shows up, you know who's Lord? <laughs> you know who's Lord. And that was his first response was he said, who are you, Lord? He didn't know him, but he's like, this guy is something else. And so he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I'm Jesus, you are persecuting, and it is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Isn't that a great response? <laughs> that should be all of our response, shouldn't it be? Lord, what do you want me to do? Hallelujah. Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And so this day, you know, of course, it marked Paul's life in many ways. But I think one of, the, one of the biggest things that Paul got out of this, and he also got a revelation of this later in his life, as you, we're going to share some more scriptures, is that Jesus and his followers, the church is one. He says, why are you persecuting me? He took it very personal. He's like, I'm going to stop you in your tracks right now. You know, he knew Paul was wholehearted. He knew he, Paul was doing this because he was convinced that he was doing the right thing. Did you know that? He says he did it in ignorance, in unbelief. He didn't know any better, so the Lord did what? He just stopped him in his tracks, and he said, wait a minute. You know, what you're doing is not right. Let me show you what the Scriptures really mean. Hallelujah. And so, so Paul, you know, he started seeing this. You know what? And, and, and you'll see him mention this again and again and again. He talks about the body of Christ. He talks about the body of Christ. He talks about the body of Christ, and the body works together. Can you say that with me? The body works together. Say it again. Praise the Lord. We need to get that. Hallelujah. And so, <laughs> and so in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to read some more scripture here. Hallelujah. How many of you know, how many of you love the word? Hallelujah. The entrance of the word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. And in some things, we are simple. Hallelujah. In 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 12, I'm going to read here, and this talks about the body of Christ. Well, you're going to see, you know, it's like, well, this is a lot of scriptures. Well, it, it is, and it's for a reason. For just as the body is one, and as many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. Why is, you know, he's talking about these same things. You know, he's talking about the body parts, he's talking about these things. He's spending a lot of time here explaining this, that everybody is necessary in their place. Hallelujah. Go on in verse 19. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. 
And on those parts of the body we think less honorable, we bestow greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacks it, that there be no division in the body. Say that with me. That there will be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Hallelujah. So the fact is that the day that you were born again, you were placed in the body. You were made perfect for that place. Did you know that? Hallelujah. And everybody is necessary in the body. And you know what? Why people a lot of times have issues in life is because they have no purpose. They have no purpose. And that's a problem because if you have no purpose, you don't know what you should be doing. And you sure don't know where you're going. Hallelujah. And you're going to see that there's a great place for the, for the church in this whole scenario here. Hallelujah. And so I'm going to jump to another scripture. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I told you we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get the Bible out here so that you can put your trust in the Word, in what God said. Hallelujah. And while you turn there, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I'm going to turn to another scripture here. Hallelujah. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. So are we reading the Bible? Yes, we are, aren't we? In, in 1 Thessalonians 2.13 says, you don't have to turn there. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. Guess what? If you receive this, as it is in truth, the word of God, it will effectively work in you and help you navigate to your perfect place in the body. You hear me? Good. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 15. And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves. For themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. I'm going to read some more here, but how about them apples? Should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them. Hallelujah. How about that? I'm going to do it my way. Well, you know what? That won't work very well. If you want to live a, a, a life of peace, a life of joy, like true joy, not just being happy, no, but having true joy from the inside, you're going to have to get with the program. Because the thing is that when you gave your life to the Lord, you gave your life to the Lord. <laughs> we say this all the time, we're like, oh, I gave my life to the Lord. Yeah, did you really? Did you really give your life to the Lord? Well, then what? Then, then, then guess what? We're gonna, we should see some fruits of that, shouldn't we? Hallelujah. Well, that was strong. I didn't intend to say that, but here we are. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo! Let's go on. 2 Corinthians 5, 16. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. So, you can't really look at where you came from. You can't really look at your upbringing. You can't really look at your, your natural parents to see what you've been called to do in the body of Christ. Can you now? No, no. You were made a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things, that's actually the next verse, all things passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You need the church. You need the word. You need to get plugged in where you're supposed to be so you can hear what you're supposed to hear. So you can find yourself in Christ. Hallelujah. That's where you're going to be happy and fulfilled. True happiness. I'm talking about so happy you wake up in the middle of the night laughing. I've done it. It's wonderful. It is wonderful. The joy of the Lord, the peace of God in your home. You can't put a price on it. It's absolutely priceless. Glory be to Jesus. Let's just read verse 17 for the sake of just doing it. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So don't hold on to your past. 
Don't hold on to your failures or whatever went wrong. Don't even hold on to what went right. Just keep on moving. Hallelujah. Verse 18, now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Most people don't know this. Most people have no idea that God is not holding their sin against them, their, their past. He already paid for that. He just needs you to realize what Jesus has done and receive redemption that was freely purchased by the blood of Jesus. And then you can start your new life in Jesus. Most people don't know. And that's the mandate that's on the church. It's the ministry of reconciliation. It is to talk. It is to spread the message, to preach the message to your neighbor, to everybody around you in your workplace that don't know, and they're going to hell. Oh, you're talking about hell? Yeah, I'm talking about hell. It's a real place, and you don't want anybody to go there. It was not meant for man to go there. There's a reason why God sent Jesus to reconcile the world to himself. Jesus paid the price in full. Most people don't know. A lot of people think that God is sitting up there with a big fly swatter and just waiting for them to mess up so he can go and get him. That's not the God that I know. But a lot of people don't know the God that we know. And the only voice might be you and me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Ooh, isn't the, the word is so wonderful, man. Just, 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 I could stand here and read scriptures and we'll all be blessed. Did you know that? You know, the Bible will preach very well on his own. Hallelujah. Okay. Paul had purpose, didn't he? Let's see what Paul had to say in Philippians chapter 3. You know, he wrote the book of Philippians after he'd walked with the Lord probably for almost 30 years. Uh, it was probably written in AD 61, and he was converted on the road to Damascus in AD 33 to 36, somewhere in there. So he'd worked, walked with the Lord for almost 30 years when he wrote this letter, and I want you to listen to what he said. He says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same thing to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. So I'm not the only one who's repeating myself. Isn't that good to know? Hallelujah. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the mutilation. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Now listen to this. But what things were gained to me, at least I've counted loss for Christ. Yet I need to also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having, not having my own righteousness, but it is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. But I then I do not count myself to have apprehended the one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. That shows me a man with purpose. That shows me a man that has laid everything else aside and is pursuing what God asked him to do. And we know that Paul went through some things. How many of you have went through some things? Is it better to go through things in the perfect will of God? <laughs> you know, he talks about his, his, his trials and his, what he went through, and he says, 
He says, this slight affliction, which is but for a moment. He went through those things. And he was able. I'm going to get to this later. Hallelujah. I'm going to stop right there. You can't use your punchline in the middle of your sermon. That don't work. Hallelujah. He knew what his purpose was. Praise the Lord. Praise and you will never find your purpose in life until you find yourself in Christ. Until you find yourself in the plan of God. And this is where the church comes in. This is where the church, the local church comes in. The local church is something that God has put in place. Did you know that? God knows what he's doing. And he's very purposeful. Hallelujah. He's very purposeful. And I'm like, dude, I mean, it's like at, at, at the end of this, this, this month here, we're going to have Joe Morris come in here. And I'm telling you, you better be here. Because this is done for nobody else but you. This is done because God put it on your pastor's heart to bring this man in because he has a message for you. For right now. Did you know that? So this is my advertisement. Be here. Because the thing is that if you're not here, you'll miss out on what you're supposed to get there. Oh, I'm going to say this too. <laughs> I heard Keith Moore say this once. He said he would put on you know, some marriage meetings and he said he would be just surprised at how many people didn't show up. And he was, he was you know, he's like, Lord, what am I supposed to Am I supposed to say something? He says, no, don't say anything. And he said, but later in a, in, in, in a sermon, he, he, he mentioned this. He said, that, he said that if, he said, you put this on, he said, and they were supposed to be here, and they weren't here, they will be responsible for what they didn't hear. Because you might hear something that's going to get you through some places. And don't come to God and say, you're not helping me if you weren't there to get what we are supposed to get. Because a lot of times, we'll just go around, think we can do our own thing. God is doing his best to help you. He's doing his best to supply every need. But he needs you to listen. Because if you don't listen, you're not going to get it. And then you're going to go through some things that you were never designed to go through. And it's not God's fault. Praise the Lord. You do this, it kind of gets people's attention away from what you just said. You know this? Oh, my wife's not going to like it. We were watching this nature program, and this, there was this, this, this bird, and he was just doing this all the time. They called him the dipper. I thought that was pretty funny. So I just do the dipper sometimes. I don't know why, but it just <laughs> keeps the blood flowing, I guess. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, thank you, Lord Jesus. I was wondering if I should put Rachel Gard on the spot today or not. But um, do we have a microphone here? Come up here, Rachel. Hallelujah. We're all family, aren't we? Yes, we're family. And so, you know, I was going to give you, I know, I, wouldn't, I didn't do this any earlier because I knew you'd be nervous for three days instead <laughs> of just come up. And so, <laughs> you might as well. Just jump in. But, you know, I'm going to just, just bring my point across that I was, was saying here about you being in, in, in your place and doing what God, you know, impresses on you to do. And we had this missions trip to Samoa, you know, about a year ago. And, um, you know, uh, when you heard about the missions trip, uh, just tell us about that a little bit. Did you, did you feel like this is something that you were made to do? Oh. <clears throat> so when I first heard about the missions trip, um, it was it like... I just had this feeling inside of me like I should go. And so I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and so I was actually talking to my dad about it. I told my dad, I'm like, they're having this really cool missions trip at church. He's like, well, are you going to go? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I'm going to go. And so they kept, you guys kept, talk, kept talking about it. And they kept, it kept, just kept welling up in my heart, go. It wasn't like this huge, like, you need to go. And it's not like I heard a spoken word, go. It's just like I knew that I, had, I needed to go. And so I didn't even know what I was going to do because Pastor Glenn's like, well, we're going to be doing stuff on the boat, like woodworking stuff. We're going to be doing like <coughs> hard labor. Do you know how to sew? No, I don't know how to sew. 
<laughs> and so I'm like, I don't know why I'm going. But when I got there, I knew exactly what I was supposed to do. Pull hundreds of staples out of the balance. Like the biggest eyebrow in the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Pastor Pat goes, I think this is the biggest eyebrow in the whole world. And I go, that's so funny. <laughs> Just sitting there plucking them day after day, but being perfectly in your place and not even... That's what I was supposed to do because I was supposed to be helping. Yeah. I wasn't supposed to like have like a task per se because then after I plucked hundreds of staples, I got to work side by side with her for two days, painting on painting things on the walls of the school, laying mats down on the floor at the school, um, just hanging out, getting to know her, getting to know her staff, and just being able to see how their leadership. Um, process works and how they are so totally sold out to the Lord and then the second and then I got to go a second time within six months to Samoa just before everything was shut down Carolyn and I got to go back and finish up some projects she taught me some things how to sew I don't sew and I don't iron but I iron he's so funny because I got a callus from ironing oh that's <laughs> glorious <laughs> and I don't and it's like, Lord, you're so funny because my grandma was even saying, do you even know how to sew on a button? And I'm like, that's what he has to be doing, Samoa. I'm like, Lord. So did this impact you in any way? Every facet of my life has been changed. But it's been ever since we came to started coming to Fellowship Church. But ever since we got home from Samoa, the word, it's just like, I can't get enough of it. He's like, it's so amazing because he just reveals things to you if you're going to open your life to him he's going to open his life to you and he wants you mm -hmm. to be he wants you to be like plugged in plugged in somewhere where you can be helpful mm -hmm. and i can see myself like going back and back and back to Samoa over and over and over again despite all these travel worries but i know that god's got me because he took carolyn and i through the busiest airport in the united states of america when it, when covid was probably at its peak possibly and we were protected the whole entire way. Mm -hmm. we, were, we were protected through everything from going there and coming back. We thought that we were going to get stuck there possibly, that he brought us back home. Mm -hmm. And he's going to have you no matter what he has you do. If you don't know what you're going to do, he's going to give you the faith and the strength to do whatever he needs you to do. Yeah. You just have to be willing to go and say, yeah. okay, I'll do it. That's amazing. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Rachel. <laughs> Hallelujah. <clears throat> You know, I just thought that would help us to kind of see, you know, what God can do if you just obey. You know, because he's not asking you to be qualified. He's just asking you to go or to do, you know, and then he will supply the rest. And what I saw, you know, from looking at her, I just saw a, a woman that was walking around with tears in her eyes day after day after day, you know, because God was working in her, you know. And, 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 and we won't know probably until eternity the, the impact that that will make, not just in her life, but, but, but there's purpose. Now she's, she's finding her place. She's finding her purpose, you know, through just basically following the inner witness. You know, when God is, is impressing on you to do something, uh, there's a reason why. You know, he's just not into, he never does anything without purpose. Did you know that? You know, when you feel that he's impressing something on you on the inside or you see a need, you know, in the church or whatever, just go ahead and do it. And as you do, because I was, I was, you know, in, in this is back in 2003, I was really getting serious about following God. And I just wanted, you know, I just, I just turned my life totally around. It's like, Lord, if you still want me, I, I want to live for you. Because I walked away for some years and I was just like, Lord, you know, here I am. And then I asked a friend of mine, she was a missionary. She'd been a missionary for years, so I thought, you know what, she probably knows. And so I just asked her, and she said, she said, what? She says, in the beginning, she says, it's very, very broad. She says, just do something. Just do something. Whenever there's a need, you just get involved. And she said, as you do, then you'll start to be, God will start to direct you towards your place. Because you, you will recognize, and the thing is, in the process, God brings in people that are supposed to be connected to you. And unless you are obedient to follow the promptings of the Holy Ghost, you will not be plugged in where you're supposed to be, where there is a supply for you. There's a supply for you, and there's a, you bring a supply to them. And, but there, there are things that you need to hear. There are things, there are anointings that you need to be exposed to. 
that will help uh, ignite what God has already put in you. Because the day that you were born again, you were made perfect for that place, but you don't know it. You have no idea, you know, you don't know all that God did in you. Hallelujah, the day you were born again yet. And if you don't follow the inward leadings of the Holy Ghost, the chances are you won't find out. And, 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 and I know that what happens is that you'll just be frustrated. And you go through things that I said that you were not supposed to go through, and you just start, start questioning. And I, I tell you what, in this day and age that we live in, you can't afford that. You can't afford to be questioning. You can't afford to be out of your place. You need to be right where God wants you to be because that's where perfect protection is. That's where the supply is. That's where the anointing is. Because there is, there's, there's a grace and there's an anointing to do what you're called to do. Did you know that? You're not supposed to do it in your own strength. It's when you start to do stuff in your own strength, it starts to get hard. And you get worn out. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How are you doing on time here? Praise the Lord. I have several guys here. You know, I actually, I'm just going to jump over one of them. Since we did Rachel, she wasn't in my notes. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so let's talk about Barnabas. Anybody of you heard about Barnabas? Also called the son of encouragement. Hallelujah. The first time we see Barnabas is in Acts chapter 4. And in Acts chapter 4, I'm going to read verse 36 and 37. It says, And Joseph, who also named, was named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated, Son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. So he just felt impressed. You know what? I'm just going to sow some finances into the church. And he must have been around for a while because he was already known as the son of encouragement. So you don't get known as something like that unless, and they give you a name like that, unless you've been around. You hear me? He'd been around. If you want people to know you, you need to be around. <laughs> so, in Acts chapter 9, hallelujah, we see him again in verse 26. Acts chapter 9 and verse 26. And when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him. And did not believe that he was the disciples. You know, he'd been persecuting the church, you know, put some in prison and stuff. And, and you know, he was there when Stephen was stoned to, 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 to death. And so, you know, they didn't trust him yet. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. And he declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. So he was with them at Jerusalem, coming in and going out. And he spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Hellenists, but they attempted to kill him. When the brethren found out, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him out to Tarsus. And so, I don't believe that Barnabas would be able to do this unless the church at Jerusalem knew who Barnabas was. He must have been around for long enough for them to trust him. To trust what Barnabas said, because if not, he would not have been able to say, Hey, this guy here, he's now the real deal. He has given his life to the Lord Jesus. So can you see the value of just hanging around? So that God can use you. Come on. So God can use you. You know, you might think, well, you know, I have a call of God in my life. Yeah, you might have. But if, if nobody knows you, how are they going to give you a place? If nobody knows you, if you haven't proven yourself, how are you going to be able to fill a place? How is anybody going to be able to trust you? This is a good word. Come on. This is good. It's quiet, but it's good. That might be that, that. That's the you know it's going in. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Next time we hear about Barnabas is in Acts chapter 11 and verse 19. Now, those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over uh, Stephen when he, was, when he was stoned traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, preaching the word to no one but the Jews only. But some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene who, when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. The news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. When he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all with, that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. 
Then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch, Christ-like, you know, just like Christ. And so the church in Jerusalem sent out Barnabas. Well, I wonder why they chose Barnabas. Well, Barnabas had been around for a while. Barnabas had shown himself to be a man that he could be trusted. So when they heard about this, they thought, you know what? We're going to send Barnabas. Hallelujah. Is this getting across what I think it is? Hallelujah. You need to be connected to the local church. Hallelujah. If you want to find your place, if you want to be able to, to be trusted, you need to be around. You need to be around enough that people get to know you. And I tell you what, working with believers, it'll get you settled. Nobody can step on your toes as well as a fellow believer. <laughs> it develops character. Yeah, it does. Because the thing is, oh, they should know better. Well, guess what? They still do it. It helps you to develop character. It helps you to develop and be exposed to the graces and the anointings that you're supposed to be connected, that you're supposed to be exposed to. So you can find your place. And then people, and the thing is that people that God has already put in the church, they recognize. Do you know that? They can see anointings on people. Why? Because that's how God has put it in place. You know, why is the fivefold ministry offices put in the church? It is so that people can be trained up. Hallelujah. It's so that people can be raised up and find their place. And God has anointed the apostle, pastor, teacher, you know, the evangelist, all these, to recognize giftings and callings on people and help them develop. But for them to see that and for them to, to know that, you need to be around. And you need to commit to doing something. Praise the Lord. And so in Acts chapter 13, we just jump there. He says, now in the church that was at Antioch, in verse 1, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas. You know, I'm going to do like Brother Hagin, starting with Barnabas, ending with Saul, because I can't pronounce the ones in the middle. As the minister to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on they sent them away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. You know, the thing is, well, well, you know, this was the beginning of Paul's first missionary journey. You know that. And they went out and they turned that, that region upside down for the Lord. And you know, you can see the same in Philip. He was my other example. You know, Philip, who, who, who started serving tables. Didn't he? There was, a, there was a need to serve tables. And Philip's like, well, you know, well, he, was, he was around enough for them to, to recognize that he was full of the Holy Spirit and full of wisdom. And so he was around long enough for them to recognize that. So they, they, they even wanted somebody, you know, that was full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. Well, you might have to be full of wisdom and the Holy Ghost to deal with widows that are hungry. <laughs> there was a dispute, you know, some wasn't fed. Got that? All right. And <laughs> supposed to be a joke and it falls flat on his face. It's like, oh my gosh. Hallelujah. Have you ever been around a hungry woman? Come on. It's no joke. You better be full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. I'm just telling you. <laughs> so Philip, he served tables, and the Word of God spread rapidly, it said. And after that, you know, Stephen was stoned. He was one of them. And then there was, they were dispersed everywhere because of persecution. And then Philip started preaching in Samaria. And I don't know. Maybe that's, I don't, I don't believe that that's where Philip started, seeing himself as Philip the evangelist. I don't think so. But I think that he was around, he got exposed to the apostles, he saw miracles, signs, and wonders, and they told him that you can do this as well. Because guess what? The Great Commission is not just for the preacher, it's for every believer. It's for every believer to cast out devils. It's for every believer to lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. It's for every believer. But I tell you what, if you don't come to church, if you don't listen to the word, if you don't get immersed and be around these things, I seriously doubt that you will go out and lay hands on the sick. You will probably withdraw from them being afraid to get something. 
Oh, come on. When the Word of God gets in us, we will know, hallelujah, who called us and who sent us out. And you will know that when there's a need, He's in you. And you have the power to meet that need because He is in you. And so for you to be, to be you know, there's a mind renewal. There's, there's, a, there's, a, you know, there's something about being close. Something about being close. Like I saw with Rachel, she was working with Patty close there. She was just walking around with tears in her eyes. Well, why? Well, she was where she was supposed to be. And God was in that whole mix. And she got things. I don't think that she probably even knows today all that she got. But what I do know, that we need to honor those things. We need to honor those things. We need to honor those God re- the, the, the relationships in your life that God puts there. You need to honor them for what they are. Don't take it lightly. I mean, I have some friends that I know that God put in my life. And I've seen that in the hard times, there's a supply there. There's a supply there for me. You were never meant to go through life alone. No call of God stands on its own. There's no such thing because we are the body of Christ. We're supposed to work together in unity. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> you know, life is interesting sometimes, and, and we go through some things, and, you know, the storms of life come to all of us, don't they? Any of you never gone through anything in your life that was unpleasant? I didn't think so. But there's a grace and there's an anointing on your life. You know, you know, it's, it's, you know God is in you, okay? You're a believer. You know, the Lord is in you, but he uses people. He uses the graces on other people to help you. And when you're in your place and when you're doing what you're supposed to do, there is an anointing and a grace and a supply there for you. That is not there if you're not in your place. And, you know, Paul, and I'm going to read from Colossians 1, verse 24. And this basically talks about what he was called to do. And... uh, Let's just read from verse 24 on. I know rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church, which I became a minister according to the stewardship of God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we represent every man perfect in Christ Jesus. And I want to get to verse 29. To this end, I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. Hallelujah. Because there was a grace on Paul to do what he was doing. If Paul hadn't been, nobody could go through what Paul did without the grace of God, the anointing of God on him. You know, he was, he was stoned. He was beaten with rods. He was shipwrecked. There's a whole list of what this guy went through. And God kept him through it all. It wasn't that he didn't have any hardships, but he knew his purpose. And there was an anointing on him because he was in his place. There was a supply there to get the job done. And you can see through all of his letters, he has all these other guys that are intermingling with him and doing, you know, the work with him. He was not on his own. And you are not on your own. Hallelujah. And I want us to all to be able to get to the place where Paul was in 2 Timothy chapter 4. I'm going to read from 2 Timothy 4 verse 6. He says, From already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. You know, this life is more than, (laughs) it's eternal. You know, we're all going to live forever. A lot of times that's not on the radar. It's not on our windshield. You know, but the thing is that what you accomplish for God is eternal. All the other things, they'll fade away. 
You know, some people have a big pile. Some people have a smaller pile. At the end, it'll all burn. The only thing that'll be eternal is what you did with what God called you to do. And I've just been sharing these things with you because, well, and because God basically told me to. And I'm not a big fan of preaching the same sermon twice. It's like, what, doesn't he know anything else? No, I don't. The only thing that I know is what he asked me to do. Because he is the one who loves you so much that he wants you to hear this. Because he knows that you need to find your place and you need to be connected. You need to be where you're supposed to be. The local church is key to what God is going to do in the last days. I don't care what anybody else tells you. God put the church in place. He put the body in place. We need to gather together. He said, do not forsake the assembly of, assembling of yourselves together. Why? Because there's a supply that you will only get there. I'm not saying that ministry only takes place in the church. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I'm saying that there's a coming together. There's a community, you know, you come together and you, and you encourage each other. You know, you're supposed to have a word of encouragement to each other when you come together. There's a supply there so that you can get charged up. And then you'll be able to go out into this world that don't know Jesus. Because if all the people, you are, if, if the only ones you're around is people that don't know the Lord, well, it's not going to do you very well. It's not going to help you. Anyhow, you see what I'm saying? Hallelujah. God loves you so much. And he has put the church together. He put a church in a cornfield. In the middle of nowhere. Why? So that you could be trained. So that you could be trained. So that you could find your place. And that's why I'm saying, you know, the fact that Joe Morris is coming here, you better be here. He's part of your training. You can't skip a class. You can't skip a class. No, you need to be here and get what you're supposed to get. And I can say this because, you know, <laughs> I say a lot of things. I just speak right from my gut because the thing is that, you know what, I'm going to do whatever I can to help everyone that I can have any influence in to fulfill what God has called them to do. Because I know there's anointings, there's graces, there's abilities in you that only you have. You know that? And they need to be used because we need what is in you for this time and this hour to do what we're called to do. There's a reason why God called you to this church. It's because you're needed. It's not good to know that you're needed. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, you know what? We're going to have communion. Hallelujah. We're just going to go right into that because I think it's very fitting to take communion over a message like this. You know, because communion speaks of, you know, Jesus gave everything. He purchased us with the price. Hallelujah. And we're no longer our own. Hallelujah. We are no longer our own. Remember we read that earlier, should no longer live for themselves? This same Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, he says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. How in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul is writing about communion. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. That the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Hallelujah. You proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. And that word is actually... Proclaim, you know, promulgate. Anybody know who prom what promulgate means? I had no idea until I looked it up. It means to put a law or decree into effect by official proclamation. Hallelujah. 
So what are we saying here when we're taking communion? Well, we're saying that I'm no longer my own. Hallelujah. That might be a stretch for some. You know, it's actually a stretch for all of us. You know, because we can say this, we can quote this, you know, but we really, truly need to give Jesus everything. But we, we need to submit to His Lordship. You know, it's not just fire insurance. <laughs> it's Lordship. That means He is Lord and whatever He says goes. Hallelujah. Whatever He says goes. Praise the Lord. So, let's just pray over, the, over this, this, uh, this bread. Hallelujah. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. And we lift up this bread that represents the body of Jesus. The body of Jesus was broken. The body of Jesus was bruised and broken and whipped so that I could be free. Hallelujah. By the stripes of Jesus, we were healed, mended, repaired, cured, and made whole. Hallelujah. The benefits way outweighs, hallelujah, the sacrifice of following you. Hallelujah. It never costs. It always pays, Father, to follow you. So right now, Father, we were gonna, we're going to break this bread and we're going to receive the healing and the health and the nourishment that is in the body of Christ. Break and eat. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. You are so good, so faithful. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And this cup, hallelujah, we know, Father, it represents for us, it's just juice, but it represents to us the blood of Jesus. And by the blood of Jesus, we have been bought, hallelujah. By the blood of Jesus, we are redeemed, hallelujah, from sin and all the effects of sin. The blood of Jesus has the power to remove even the stain of sin, hallelujah, on your mind, on your thinking. The power of the blood of Jesus, hallelujah. The power of the blood of Jesus. Oh, Father, the blood of Jesus. Oh, we're so thankful for the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you for the blood, and we receive everything that the blood has purchased for us. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Take and drink. Hallelujah. And for a minute, just in your own heart, hallelujah, just thank God. Hallelujah. For what he has done for you individually. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. That you chose us for such a time as this. Glory be to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You may look up. Hallelujah. And these guys here, if you could put them in the trash when you leave, that would be awesome. And uh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You happy you came to church today? Hallelujah. God is good, isn't he? Hallelujah. And we will all finish what God has called us to do, won't we? In grand style. That's what I always say. I'm going to fulfill what God has called me to do in grand style. Then I'm going to do a victory lap just because I want to. Hallelujah. Because God is able to make that come to pass, isn't he? Praise the Lord. Well, that was all I had for you today.